0: Love, Talk Radio. Culture, why well, we can't
1: go outside and play
0: today? Baby, because there's too much happening out there. We got misguided people in this world who turn to violence and use guns and sometimes innocent people like you and me get caught in the middle of it. Well, what's wrong with them? Baby, I don't know. They need change in the life. Oh. it is true meaning of community. Okay. where we live, we're so divided. Ain't no unity. See, see, I'm tired of reading the TV screens and headlines. Don't think to show that they dreams their child wanna play ride. Right? But they came because the block filled with gunfire. Ain't no name on the bullets when they take life. And so we're praying that God for a safe night, right? Picture's getting buck wild out here. Should no parent ever have to lose their child out here? So Gonna gain peace of mind out here when the message done though it's loud and so clear. You make me wanna slide away, highway, but I gotta say, we'll reach on these streets trying to show a better way. Here the rich, poor, black, white man, woman, still it affects you. Violence ain't racist, death committed faces, complacent, till it hits home, that's when you taste it. And all of these murders and numbers unheard of for reasons unheard of account we'll for a third of crimes just committed. You hear, but do you feel it now? Me and my people stand strong until they get it Tell the streets to put the thumbs down. Let's build a foundation here on common ground. And know that we won't stop until that peace is found. Gotta cry through the night. Can you hear that sound? Don't play this, it ain't part of the problem It takes people in all positions to get together and solve In one city, one state, one nation, one voice And the victory is ours if you can make one choice oh, Why can we live here in peace? That peace is what we need Why don't we make
2: To Black Wall Street USA for Thursday, January 27th, 2011. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, founder of Chicago's BlackBusinessNetwork.com and executive producer of CBPN on Blog Talk Radio. Our host, Mr. Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, publisher of the South Street Journal, and candidate for alderman for the 17th Ward here in Chicago, will be joining us shortly. Every Thursday evening, tune in to Black Wall Street USA. Join us from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Thursday evenings and be a part of sustaining and increasing black businesses across the country. We are reaching out to organizations across the nation in our efforts to connect the dots. That's what we're doing this year, the spiritual dots of our people across this land and we will bring forth the ideas and agendas that are already in place and let the nation know What works, our ongoing topic for Black Wall Street USA will be what did Black America accomplish in 2010, and what is the number one priority for our communities in 2011? And you'll find out, as we're finding out, it's hard to stay on topic. We have so many concerns and issues, but we want to come back to it. We want to come back to it because Our year in the review of 2011, we want to talk about it again. Uh, We want to look at the consensus. What was the number one priority in communities across the nation uh, for 2011? We're going to keep on reaching out. We're going to always focus on what's going on in Chicago, but we're going to keep reaching out across the nation. Mr. Smith from Holland, Michigan, writer, educational advocate, Worldwide Traveler, is going to be joining us this evening from Holland, Michigan. A few weeks ago on January the 6th, we were in Benton Harbor, Michigan, with some interesting stories uh, that continues to be told about Benton Harbor, Michigan. And we look forward to this being what we accomplished this year. And we're going to go to another area in Michigan with a little bit different story. So we look forward to Mr. Fonsey. Smith joining us this evening. Black Wall Street USA is the official broadcast of Black Wall Street National thanks to the support of our national office. You can listen to our shows at com. Our show link is right there on the page at com. You may also listen to a rebroadcast of this show at wjpcchicago.com, Saturday mornings from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. And soon, very soon, all of the shows that we will begin to broadcast on CBB, on Blog Talk Radio, will be rebroadcast on WJPC. For instance, the Consumer Show is one of the shows we have running on Tuesday nights now with attorney and CPA Derek McNeil. For instance, our show last Tuesday was Understanding Your Mortgage Loan. And we look forward to uh, this Tuesday with Derek McNeil and the Consumer Show, and that's at 7.30 p.m. You, we um, Derek's qualified, well qualified to answer questions about banking, real estate, consumer protection, mortgages. He's a licensed real estate instructor. So this is the show you want to tune into every Tuesday and ask your legal questions or your accounting questions, your tax questions. This is where you want to be. Uh, It's like getting a second checkup for the doctor. If you've gone somewhere and, you know, they've given you some answers, you may be pleased or you just want a a second opinion, why don't you call in to 347-326-9477. That's the same call-in number that you should call us tonight for Black Wall Street USA. The chat room is open. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room, you can listen to all our shows in archive right here on blogtalkradio.com slash cbbn. want to share with you also, we will be launching our own radio network. So excited, <clears throat> so much work, so much fun. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network.com will be launching the first quarter we will be seeking, seeking proposals for this radio station, and we hope to work in collaboration and in conjunc- conjunction with WJPC Chicago on a lot of things coming up for the community. Uh, it's all black, it's all news, it's all information serving our Chicago community. And every show, every show—that's my vision for this. Every show is going to have a number you can pick up and call and get some information somewhere you can call regarding grants or funding through the state, city, wherever it may be. I know that we have an advocate for us over at Black Wall Street Chicago. Cheryl Chavin is working on advocacy in the legislative arm of Black Wall Street, and maybe Ron wants to talk about that a little bit more when he comes on the air. Let's first thank our last guest uh, from last week, Ron Sawyer, candidate for Alderman for the Sixth Ward. Was our guest last week. Mr. Sawyer has called the Sixth Ward his home for his entire life. And we, of course, know he's the, he is the son of the Honorable Eugene Sawyer, former mayor of Chicago. We want to thank him for taking the time to be with us. And you can listen to his show from last week in our archives. You are now listening to Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonya Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. And let's go, um let's go to the chairman of Black Wall Street, Chicago, and find us find out what's going on with Black Wall Street. Ron, welcome to the show. How are you this evening, Ron Carter?
3: I'm doing pretty good, Sonya. How about yourself this evening? How are you?
2: I'm doing great, Ron. Doing great. What's going on with with Black Wall Street in Chicago?
3: Well, we are um steadily growing and sometimes growth is a frustrating thing when you're growing and at times you just kinda of grow out of your shoes. Time to get some new shoes or get a new structure as you grow. We are extending to the point that we're now uh, securing uh, 14 Black Wall Street districts in the city of Chicago, and which um, what is uh, good about it is that uh, people from around the city are saying, "What about us?" So when we um, expand the the idea, the concept, the the image of Black Wall Street is a or is something that has been Long overcoming is boundaries of not being here, where it is a, a focal point where people want to associate with it. So this coming uh, Saturday, we're going to be having a meeting with some community people in the Inglewood area. Uh, the Inglewood in Chicago is known as one of the uh, low-income uh, communities Um After public housing has been uh, demolished, a lot of focus of issues and problems uh, compounded in the Inglewood community. So that's going to be one of our challenges where we have identified a strip of land uh, in Chicago from State Street to Ashland, and that's approximately about 16 blocks that we have identified to be a black wall street district so we're going to be meeting uh this Saturday with community residents with developers uh to concentrate on exactly how we can make this here happen uh and uh for the most part it's going to move forward um so that's the type of spirit that's the type of uh direction that people are waiting for so i'm Feeling very proud, even more, that it is uh, part of the 17th ward, which is an area that I'm running for alderman of the seventh. You know, I'm running alderman in the 17th ward. In addition to that, you know, even though Black Wall Street has focused on the visualization of sustaining and increasing Black businesses, how we are actually want to monitor ourselves based on walking down the street and we indicate that this is a Black Wall Street district, no different than Chinatown, Korean town, Greek town, little bit of, little, little village of of um, of the Hispanic community. So the Black Wall Street uh uh districts is a com- combination of not only the visualization of black businesses popping up but it also carry a, a level of, of um, contract procurement in securing and increasing black businesses, where here we have uh, because this here is an election time here in Chicago, we're taking advantage of that different agenda items have to come up to the city council. And one of those agenda items are the are contract procurement uh, all around the nation. There is a concern that blacks have the least amount of contract procurement. Even if we talk about one particular city, Washington, D.C., is um, there's a majority of a black population, but Washington, D.C. have maybe about Two percent of the contracts of the city of washington d c and even if we look here in Chicago, we have a population of approximately about um forty to forty five percent of the population, but we only receive an eight percent of the contracts, and so that's a reflection all over the uh United States when it comes to blacks. Being, having equality and fairness in receiving uh, contracts. So what we have engaged in was that our alderman uh, controls certain amount of money for capital improvements. And with these capital improvements, when they say that we want this work done in our community and that work done, it just so happens that when the work is done, it does not reflect the population of that community. Uh, And that means that if we get a 90% uh, black uh, ward community, but when it comes to the city government contracts, we have uh, a 90% of other folks working on it. We haven't got no problem with other people working, but it's a bad picture and so what we want to do is to have at least the alderman not only decide what work is going to be done in their prospective community, but also who's going to do the work in parity to its population. So we're not saying anything about the, say, for example, the 42nd Ward that's on the near west side, the near, uh, not the near, the far west side of Chicago, which is which is Predominantly Caucasian, and when it has 90% of the people in that area working um, through these uh, particular projects, that's all fine and good because we probably don't represent no more than 5% of that population. But when we look in our particular wards and we have 90%, 95% of a black community, but we only have Five percent of blacks working on those uh, projects, then there is a some, uh, systematic problem that is a reflection of the whole city that got to be changed. So we have introduced it and, and pushing a legislation to make the parity based on the racial population. We have seven aldermen assigned on to it. We have 15 candidates assigned on to it. We have uh, Jerry Chico that is running for mayor of the city of Chicago, is looking into signing on to it. So we're pushing that legislation, too. So Black Wall Street, even though we look at the, 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 the Black Wall Street districts as a measurement of our achievements, we're also looking at the contract procurement because it is a business organization and it's going back to, the, the the equality of the, the dollar amounts that's going into our pockets. And so far it has not, so we're looking at passing this legislation to make that happen, and we're going to push it through, and we're going to push it through with an accountability before the election. Uh, and I have to say that, you know, again, we had another meeting today with uh, it's the same – Issue with uh, the state of Illinois, where they have had money sitting on the books for nine years. That was targeted to low and the uh, blighted communities. For nine years, they have had money sitting on the books, but it has not came to the black community. So, a meeting today is to try to hold the the city accountable. And we also looked at the the uh this, this green technology that we have been missing out. So Black Wall Street as big as the issues are, we still are on it. Uh but the uh, the focus is as I think as the show indicates, what have we achieved in the year uh twenty ten and what is our focus for the year uh for the twenty eleven. So we have achieved a lot, but because of the issues that are uh, broad and the issues continue to happen, then uh, it seems as though we haven't achieved, but we have. You know, we just have uh, issues that compound to make us think that and question what have we actually achieved. We have achieved a lot, but the issues are compounded, so... Yes, a lot's going on, Sonia. A lot going on, and
4: yes,
3: um, it is. Right, even if we have our show, we talked about uh, batting uh, uh, Ben Harper as um, what's going on there. What's going on in Gary, Indiana? What's happening in Peoria, Illinois? Our wings are spreading, and so it gives us uh, uh, a responsibility as we take on this uh, mission of sustaining and increasing black business.
2: Absolutely. Where does it
3: stop? It doesn't stop. We keep on going.
2: We keep on going. You listen to Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonia Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. On the air with us is our host, Ron who's running for alderman of the 17th Ward. And I believe our guest is on the line, Mr. Smith. Uh, and we're going to ask you some of these questions uh just about Holland, Michigan, uh, the same thing that we're discussing about Chicago. We're going to ask these same questions across the country because we want feedback on the issues and concerns that touch us across the country. And as Ron and I have found out this past year, they're similar across the country, but we want to move forward to that and get to some solutions. Let me ask you, Ron, as you're running for alderman of the 17th Ward, Tick tock, tick tock, February 22nd is right around the corner, Mr. Carter. Let's talk about how the Inglewood, not only the Inglewood community, but because the disparity of, for example, contracts and how they're handled in Chicago, the disparity of how, as you said, funding can sit on the books for nine years and not be distributed. Let's talk about some of the effects of those things. For example, let's talk about uh one statistic and this is not only for the Inglewood area, but because of the plight of the Inglewood area, because Inglewood as far as income, media income, is below eleven thousand and that's from a city of Chicago statistic. I didn't make that up. I've seen other statistics that say it's twenty two thousand, but I think you better ask those people in Inglewood where the other eleven thousand dollars is that, because I bet they don't know where that's at. But uh, let's look at some of the disparities. This is from the state of Illinois Department of Human Sources statistics, prison statistics, which we know the population coming out of the Inglewood area is getting heavier and heavier uh, as far as crime is concerned. And if you look at 60% of the prison population, uh, for inmates in Illinois, according to the state of Illinois statistics, they tested as functionally illiterate. If you look at 85% of the juveniles who go through the juvenile court system, 85% have tested as functionally illiterate. Functional illiterate children make functionally illiterate adults, which makes them part of that 60% of the prison population, which means they will not be getting those contract jobs which means what, Mr. Carter? It's a continuous cycle. We're looking at the city only giving 2% of the contracts to the black community. We're looking at um one out of nine black men between the ages of 20 and 34 in prison. Now, if you can believe these statistics from the state of Illinois anyway, because they play with their numbers a little bit, 20 to 34 in the prison in the prison population currently. That doesn't say how many have been through the prison population. We need to know. Of that age group, 20 to 34, how many have been through the prison population? And not only do I want to know that, Mr. Carter, I want to know, when I look at statistics, how many have not been in the prison population. Disparity of income affects health care. Does it not, Mr. Carter, affects education? Does it not, Mr. Carter, affects training and continual training? Does it not, Mr. Carter, it affects the number of mothers? who are incarcerated. It affects people who are out on parole, who cannot get jobs and training. Uh, Mr. Carter, what is your platform for the 17th Ward?
3: Well, you know, I went to a jail maybe about um, how long ago, maybe about eight years ago. It was a simple traffic violation. And so they sent me through the process of actually putting me in uh Cook county jail, so being a newspaper uh publisher and editor, you know it's more like a dream come true because uh, you know I get the chance to go behind the uh go behind the walls I get the chance to see it I get the chance to write the story that many reporters cannot write or because they can only write it from their, uh, somebody telling it to them. So I felt good about going to jail because uh, I was on a real good reporting assignment, even though I was there because of some tra- traffic violation. But I spent eight days in uh, Cook County Jail. And when I spent those eight days, it was a process of interviewing people Um and interviewing people to the point that many of the inmates there knew that I was a reporter. Some of the guards knew I was a reporter. I did get my butt whipped when I was in there. Uh, Uh-oh. About an hour, yeah, about an hour after I got in there, uh, I was uh, going through my uh, process, of, and the guards said something about put your hands behind you was somewhere, I don't know what my mind was, at. I put my hands in front of me. So the guard, um, punched me in the stomach. And so, you know, it was more like one of those quick reactions. You know, I you know, said, you gotta be a, you gotta be crazy. So I jumped to his chest, and the minute I jumped to his chest, then I heard maybe about, uh, five or six guards hit me on the ground. mm
1: mm-hmm. uh,
3: after that whole process, um, you know, I'm in shock that these guards jumped on me. And, you know, and then I cooled down and said, you know, talk to the other other inmates. And they say, yeah, they jumped on me. And their attitude was so. You know, that happened every hour. Yeah. You know, ain't nothing new that they jumped on you. Uh, but doing that process as well, I think I was over, I was, oh I don't know, I think it was about forty-two or something like that. And when I uh, got there and they started putting me in jail, or you know taking me through the enrollment of going in jail, one of the uh, clerks looked at me and said, "What is your problem? That here you are over forty years old, and you just now going to jail." You know, what happened to you that you just not going to jail? I said, Where what? you been? Right. Where you been? How were you able to
2: Avoid be
3: 40 it. years old, over 40 years old, and just not getting to jail?
2: In other words, they so missed you, a
3: didn't they? Right. And so, but then, uh-huh. as I was going through the enrollment, and I was going, you know, just going there, in Cook County Jail, I was going around this one corner, going being processed in jail. I turned this one corner, and this jail, it this hallway was maybe about the, the width of it was about the size of a business
1: strip,
3: a business street, and it was in in the in the hallway was the length of maybe about two city blocks. And when I looked down that hallway, it it was maybe about black men lined up six deep, going all the way down like a block and a half, lined up. And I shouted out real loud, what the hell? Because I could not believe how many black men was locked up in jail, so I'm saying that story, but you know upon me leaving the the you know and the guys knew what I did for a living, they knew I was a reporter, and they said, "You know when you leave out of here, you make sure you tell our story, and so every time I print South Street Journal, I always have something in there addressing this criminal justice system. But as it relates to this jail experience that I had, in a community such as Inglewood, there is a disparity where I see the brothers hanging out on the porches doing working hours. And then you look across the street, you have these other ethnic groups working. Neither they're working on the sidewalks or they're working on somebody's house, and the brother's just sitting there watching. So I'm looking at and trying to get a grip of what I'm experiencing. So, again, I am an activist, so I engage in trying to do something about it, and I have been addressing that. But it is, a, as you indicate, a pattern of what we can see in the future from 20 years from now or even 40 years from now where we keep repeating the the message that the jails are being it's almost like the the part that was in the bible when uh when the messiah was coming and they said to the you know kill the kill all the 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 young men under six years old Just kill them all Because we cannot let this messiah uh, Come through the ranks of these youth And I always go back on the the song uh, Where other people sing this song But I just adapted when Bob Marley Hit the song I Shot the Sheriff And in the words of this song He indicates I shot the sheriff. I didn't shoot the deputy. I don't know why this sheriff is always messing with me, but what I heard was every time I have a
1: seed,
3: it says, kill that seed before it grows. Now, that is a racial um, overtone to saying that we live in a racist society and racism comes in so many different ways that we are starting to blame ourselves for our conditions and we blame our youth sitting on the porch without no job hanging out smoking blunts while across the street is other ethnics their same ages even younger and older are doing the work in their community. So the disparity of the guys sitting on the porch across the street smoking the blunts and the guys that's focusing on doing the, the construction, I cannot say that the guys smoking those blunts have a conscience that is hurt and hurt by the leadership prior to them that allow the conditions to be the way they are. And the system of when I use the term the White Wall Street of Chicago, where it has built 175,000 housing units in the last 10 years, and they built these housing units and they provided economic stability for their own, and they brought businesses in for their own, and in the process, they demolished public housing. And on the surface, we say good because public housing was just notorious for crime. So there is a compound issue as we go back to that. That uh, that the, the the title is what have blacks achieved in the year 2010. We have achieved a lot. We have achieved a lot as far as education. We have achieved a lot of awareness. But because of the compound of the communities such as Inglewood, and it just so happens that um, there's an Inglewood in L.A. that is identical to the uh, Inglewood that's in Chicago, And then there is the uh, Ben Harper, there is the San Diego's, there's the regeneration in um, Oakland, California, even though they held their Black Wall Street, Baton Rouge. So the problem that I see is that we're not isolated in Chicago, and San Diego, Los Angeles. Those same problems exist all over the country some uh, uh simultaneously, and it would be different if we only had those problems in chicago and l a is it doesn't happen or in Oakland these same problems doesn't happen or washington d c it doesn't happen if washington d c has the majority of uh blacks working i mean black population and it has Uh, the majority of blacks having those contracts in Washington, D.C., and Chicago don't, then let's blame it on Chicago for not having it. But throughout the whole country, we are identical. And I believe that there is a systematic uh, 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 pattern that's going around that we have the same problems. And I believe that, even if we look at the historical nature of Black Wall Street of Tulsa, Oklahoma, is that that riot in 1921 was not just in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was in uh, a Rose, uh, Rosebud in Florida. So there was other riots where blacks were controlling the economics of their community, and they did not depend on any other People, but something happened in the air throughout the United States in the 1920s that these stable black communities witnessed a turnaround, and these same black communities witnessed a turnaround in the uh, 1960s. And so our problems are not just isolated, it is a systematic approach with the criminal justice system and with the housing conditions. And with the overall mindset, whether it is the negativity of rap music or it's the negativity of not receiving contracts based on our racial parity. Uh, So we have a lot that we have achieved. Uh, We do feel good that uh, in our lifetime that we have a black that is president of the United States. And I believe a lot of us uh will let him be the president of the United States and not let him be the black president. But there are those that still identify him. He looked at very good when he gave the State of the Union uh early this week, but and he touched on a little bit about his identity, but he compared his identity with uh the Vice President and the Speaker of the House that came from a uh uh an area that was somewhat of a low income, so we have a a big picture, but I don't know why you asked me that question, Sonia, and you had me going off on and on and on, but I believe that <laughs> it is a a a systematic uh um issues. That, and that's one reason why we are systematically going around Chicago staking Black Wall Streets in every part of Chicago so that we can be able to tell those young brothers in Inglewood that are sitting on the porch that you can claim your community. Regardless of it, then you got all of these brothers coming out thinking that they can't vote. You know, so why do we get involved in the process when we can't vote? But in the state of Illinois you can vote. So you also they, they start looking at themselves as less of a citizen. So if you are thinking yourself of less of a citizen in your early in your late teens, in your early twenties, those younger guys behind them is gonna think in the same pattern. So our directive is that, you know, you have some of these uh people say, Well, later for the, the teens in the early twenties, you know, the, let's focus on the um the youth that are seven years old. The ones anybody over seven years old, uh, they long gone, in general what they say. But I heard that maybe about uh fifteen years ago that they said later for those that are uh, over seven or nine years old. Those seven and nine years old are young adults now, and those are the ones that, uh, the ones before that, we said that we was not going to pay that much attention to them because they long gone. You know, I come from the streets as well, from Robert Taylor Holmes, and I was one of those guys that was a troublemaker, a menace to society as well. And I know that if something that can spark me at an early age to turn my focus around, then those present can do the same thing. And even to the point that when I as a candidate and I go to some of these community meetings of mainly senior citizens uh, and they have police there, they say, hurry up, lock them up, because we don't want them on the streets. Uh uh, stop them when they're walking down the street. It don't make no difference if they if they didn't do nothing wrong. They shouldn't mind the police stopping them. So, but that is a uh, degrading a person' character, a degrading a person. I myself, I still get jumping when I see a policeman, <laughs> and I know I haven't did anything wrong. But it is a pattern that we are accepting that have to be broke. And one way we're going to break it is that we're going to claim this Chicago the same way they claim Chicago, and we're going to claim it to the parity of our community for the example of those youth to be able to say that they can have those jobs and they can be able to control their community the same way that three-year-old boy in Chinatown, because that three-year-old boy in Chinatown knows that when they get of age, ain't no barbecue place going to come in Chinatown without getting approval of that three-year-old boy. And so that three-year-old boy is going to be groomed when he gets to be a man. And we're going to groom our three-year-old boy as well to the point when he gets to be a man he knows he's going to control the destiny and the economics of his community just as well as that boy in Chinatown, Greek Town, Little Village, Korean Town, and even the White Wall Street of the near south and west side of Chicago. You listen to See, Black that Wall what Street. You did?
2: Well, that's okay. You listen to Black Wall Street <laughs> USA. That's why we're here. We're here to talk about these things. You listen to Back Wall Street USA. I'm Sonya Perdue. You listen to Ryan Carter, future Alderman of the 17th Ward. Well, future Alderman of the 17th Ward, I'm going to say this, and then we're going to go to our guest who's on the line, and we have someone out of San Diego who's there. I'm not sure how long she's going to be on the line, but this is what I expect from you, uh, Alderman Carter, as far as the Inglewood area is concerned. That statistic that say that income is not, uh, and there is projected to be the same. For the next five years, Alderman, I expect you to make a lie out of them. Now, uh, let's go to Mr. Smith, and we we appreciate your patience and being with us. Mr. Smith is a writer, uh, educational advocate, and I'd like him to tell us what that is. Uh, he travels to Africa, he and his wife frequently, and he is a new Chicago's Black Business Network member. I think he came over yesterday and be moving fast, but that's what we're going to do. He's from Holland, Michigan, and we're, that's what we're doing. We're moving across the country. Is that you on the line, Mr. Smith? Yes, I am. We want
5: to thank
2: you, you for uh, doing great. We want to thank you for joining Black Wall Street USA. Go ahead. You're on the line with Ron Carter. Yes, How are you am.
5: doing, sir, this evening? I'm doing fine. I enjoyed Okay, well, well, pardon? Yes. I'm sorry, oh. I hear you. Yeah. I yeah. um, enjoyed listening to you, Brother Carter, because uh, originally being from Chicago and uh, working on the west side before I moved to Michigan uh, at a halfway house, your description of Cook County Jail is it was uh, very on point. And just for logistics, uh, you spoke uh, last week with a minister from Benton Harbor.
3: Correct, yeah, a couple of weeks or so ago. Mm -hmm.
5: Right. Now, Holland is just 45 miles north of Benton Harbor. All right. And we're just three miles inland from Lake Michigan. And uh, the African American community here is about three to four percent of the population. And mm-hmm. just like I've migrated here from Chicago, uh many of the African American communities since nineteen seventy five when I came, uh have come from Flint, Saginaw, Muskegon and uh Chicago. Not Mm -hmm. many and Detroit Um, So there are parallels in a small town I believe the population of Ottawa County where I live Is about Mm 150,000 We represent about 4% of that population Mostly in the city of Holland Which is uh, 30,000 And the surrounding uh, townships around it. And uh, just for quick review, I came here because of a job uh, and used to live at Barbara Jean Wright Courts on 14th and Morgan before I came here. Okay, yeah. And uh, worked at a halfway house on Warren and Hoyne. All right. And I was born and raised in Algiers Gardens, and you, you said you were from Robert Taylor. Correct. <laughs> we're both products of Chicago Housing Authority. Mhm.
1: Well, what
3: you doing jumping from the west side all the way going all the way down to the end of the city limits?
5: Well, I was born in Alt-Gill Gardens.
3: Oh, okay. And then but when I uh, okay
5: when I got uh, became a, a young adult. I uh, ended up living on the west side, and uh, mm-hmm. saw by nineteen. And then I moved back to Fourteenth and Morgan. Uh, okay. I graduated from UIC in nineteen seventy, and uh, by nineteen seventy-five, I uh, took a job in Holland, Michigan, just to see what it would be like to live in a small town. And not Mm -hmm. be in an urban area. Mm -hmm. And I've been here ever since. Mm -hmm. And uh, watched the African American community grow from 1% or 2% to now about 4%. And we have very similar. 1975? Yes.
3: 1975,
5: 1% to 4%? Yeah. In 1975, it was about 1%, a little more than now mm-hmm. in, 19, in 2011 we're about 4%. Mm-hmm.
3: would you say that that is a slow increase or an average or um
5: it's a very it's a slow increase because uh west michigan grand rapids and holland um are more republican than chicago is democrat
1: Mm
5: -hmm. And a very conservative community Uh, I would say that once I moved here And started raising my family I realized that my education Family preparation And uh, cultural teachings That I had been raised with Had I not had them I would have lost my black identity Mhm. And uh as I said, I came here as a working professional and uh bought a home and uh raised my family here. Um and when you mentioned being asked at forty two why was it your first time of being in jail? Um it's been about Ten years since I got stopped for a speeding ticket in West Michigan, and the police have commented to me, "You don't—you haven't had a, a traffic violation in 25 years," and that, they seem to be just as shocked as. <laughs> How did you get away from
3: driving while black? <laughs>
5: right. Well, you know uh, that's what cruise control is for. <laughs> uh because because see here in Holland and this one uh I you asked for me to explain what education advocate is uh, it's an adopted uh, uh life choice for my wife and I and what we do is work with what did you people. call it again education Ad- advocate we education advocate African advocate, just like a lawyer. Advocate.
3: Oh, okay, I got
5: you. All advocate right. for, educate, for young people to succeed in school.
3: Right. Okay, got And you. part
5: of uh, our rites of passage uh, classes, our Juneteenth pageant training for young people is the same lectures that our parents gave us about staying out of jail um, and staying in school uh i'm passing that on to the next generations now for a small community uh, i wanted I, I made a list here uh we have a black owned accounting firm um uh, a couple of black people who have their own home, do home care uh work in the health care industry. We have a couple of uh people who have had restaurants. And uh even we can st- we can now buy reels. We don't have a black barbershop yet. Um uh, mm-hmm. and since seventy fifth street is black wall street, uh my wife's uh past in laws used to own Franklin's barbershop on seventy fifth street.
3: Okay. Franklin Barbershop. Okay. You know about what block that is?
5: It's west of uh Cottage Grove. No, west of King right. Drive, sorry.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: On the south side of the street. And All uh right. they were an institution there. The uh movie barbershop was actually shot there.
3: Oh yeah. I thought that the it, the movie barbershop was uh shot in um uh, in Harvey. No.
5: No? No, that was shot right there on seventy fifth street.
3: Well, I don't know why I had that impression that it was
5: shot in Harvey. Uh that uh, is from, from uh I moved Harvey. from the gardens I moved from the gardens to Harvey. There's no barbershop like that in Harvey.
3: Well, you know that is a point of reference where I'm going to have to take advantage of that history. Uh, that is a that should be a tourist attraction.
5: It's it it may be. I'm not even sure if it's closed. My wife's not in the room, but um, it was Franklin's barbershop.
3: Well, even um, you know, you're giving me some homework where I'm gonna have to go and I'm gonna have to find out. And if it is uh, still open and even, and I hope, and if it's vacant, we're going to find a way to get it back open because we need a a historical tourist attraction uh, on 75th Street, and that definitely will be the case. So uh definitely the proprietor
5: appreciate that was, uh The proprietor's name he's passed on was Willie Franklin. From Chatham, mhm mm-hmm.
3: well, I'm gonna do my research there so with um you all having that four percent um uh population uh would you say that you have uh forty percent of businesses let me four percent of businesses and um no uh represented?
5: No, well, what has happened since 1975 is, as the population increased, uh, we used to have to drive all the way to Grand Rapids to uh, go to black-owned businesses. And uh, a few professionals have moved into town and started their own accounting firm. Uh, and uh, what what I was forced to, just like many of the other transplants uh, to Holland, we realized that the only way we were going to be able to pass on our heritage to our children was to do things ourselves. And so uh, even though the area is extremely conservative, uh, we've had 10 years in a row of celebrating Juneteenth, Juneteenth, uh, which is the community uh, event for African-Americans. And we have people that come Their families come here from Flint, Chicago, Detroit. Um, And uh, we also have celebrate Kwanzaa. Uh, We have four predominantly African-American churches that have grown since when I moved here. There was only one Pentecostal church. Now, as far as the oldest black business in Holland, uh, there was a blueberry farm north of Holland, that mm-hmm. uh, was about 25 acres of blueberries. Because, you know, West Michigan is uh, famous for blueberry blueberry farming. Okay. And there's a, right. there was a blueberry farmer in near outside of Benton Harbor, and the one in Holland, they were the two black-owned blueberry farms. But with the changing of generations uh What has happened is the emphasis on owning your own business has been destroyed, and it takes a great effort to instill in young people the belief uh, that they can not just get an education, but start and own their own business. And I'm 64 years old, and I've observed the post-World War II generation, my parents' generation, veterans with little education started their own business because they still had the Southern mentality that you could actually start and run your own business because you didn't really have a choice well if
3: you have the uh you have a population of maybe about uh four thousand a little over four thousand based right. on um you know the hundred and fifty thousand uh so how does do you have the is there is is there more of a uh organization base of blacks there uh to be able to focus in on Juneteenth type of uh, celebrations? Is that the same way with uh, Hanukkah? Uh, So is there some type of a network among the organizations, or is there organizations, black organizations, or even is there a need for black organizations uh, because of the small population? Sometimes I think that maybe if you have a very small population of blacks in the city, uh whites tend to or uh, Caucasian tend to not be threatened. And
5: well see they, because they leave alone. Reality, I want to address that. Because we are not when I first moved here, uh I was literally told at work we don't have any problems with blacks. It's the Hispanics that we have a problem with. Because Hispanics here are twenty five percent of the population, mhm, and sixty percent of the jail population. Mm. the same statistics you quoted you just mm-hmm. move it from African American over to black. Now we still struggle to keep our young people out of jail because if they do anything wrong, they're going to jail. That same system is in place, but as parents, we don't have a formal. uh, Everything's organized around our events, and that's where we all work together.
3: So, is there? Are you are you intimidated by uh, Caucasians that you have some uh, unified? Uh, activity among yourself or is it
5: appreciated? Started out, we started out uh, first we did our homework and found out when the what the rules were where you could uh, have events in the public park. We have a lot of state parks and we also have city parks and we abide by all the rules but we have a core group of people, I would say about 25 families that have Juneteenth. Uh we celebrate Kwanzaa. Um uh, I'm still working on them trying to do uh Malcolm X's birthday but I'm work I'm still working on that. But you
3: might be acting for a little bit too much now, okay.
5: Well that was where people got afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah 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 dr King, King's that. birthday is the community is is a the whole uh community it's like a worship celebration for the one day when you say the
3: whole community, are you speaking about the community as the city or the community of the black
5: community Hope College here in Holland sponsors an event where five to six hundred folks uh come and they are all predominantly white. Because King mm-hmm. Day is Worship Day. They worship King. Mm-hmm. You understand yeah. what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, okay.
5: Right. But the irony is that, God willing, by September or October, we're going to open a Center for African American Art and History. Mm-hmm. And... uh In town, uh, a young minister, well, he's young compared to me. He's in his 40s, and uh, his wife uh, started a core city ministry, and my wife and I have worked with them to where they can stand on their own feet. We have a few professors at Hope College that we draft, just like the military, uh, to help out and to lend their name to projects. Mm -hmm. And the small African-American church leaders are the core group. It's not political. Mm -hmm. And my wife and I figured out by 1980 that, you know, you can get a lot from people who feel guilty.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
5: Now, what
3: is the? What are some? Of the, are are there issues uh, in um, Holland? And then, what are the perks of living there as well? Are there issues that you have to be concerned with? Uh, even to the point that when they made the comment that you, we don't have no problems with blacks or Hispanics, is it the Hispanics have the issues and the blacks are? will integrate it, uh where there is no I- issues and then
5: we represent uh, no st- we represent no statistical threat but we also are pretty low key uh, and cautious would be the word when i first moved here one day when i was psychologically struggling with being in an area where if I saw someone walking by my house who was African-American, I'd run out on the porch and holler at them and get to know them. Mm-hmm. I finally realized that in some ways God sent us here to uh, learn that we could survive here um as far as physical threat, we don't really have that mm-hmm. so what's that, economically uh, economically people who come here with education and uh work for companies that make a fair amount of money uh do well because the cost of living is less.
3: what's the um medium uh income there uh
4: that,
5: um, and then well, is there Public about, housing it's, there It's about the same as Benton Harbor But uh, The the Historic community here Is Dutch from the Netherlands They actually Once they ran the Indians out Around 1860 The Indians just moved away They built a replica Of uh, Holland In Europe Including a windmill, and so mm-hmm. the city uh when it comes to business, you remember when the uh, economic development uh grants came through the, in the eighties
3: oh, all the, the businesses like grant funding or no, that's what you oh, it was it? just
5: economic grant what they did okay. was bought land and developed industrial parks. They bought farmland, and they brought business. They worked night and day to bring factories here. And so our unemployment rate is, is 2 to 3% less than the rest of the state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. And we've had factory closings mm-hmm. and, and move away. Well, with the... Uh
3: with the uh uh the low income uh not, i'm not sorry with the low population of of blacks and to the point that it is not a threatened uh a statistical threat of jobs and economic uh there is no parity need there um and but as they indicate that the hispanics are the more of the issue is is the Hispanics the issue because of uh, taking? Well, I don't know how they're taking that many jobs. Are they sixty percent of the uh, uh, of the jails? But is uh, do they? What is their issue with Hispanics?
5: Well, the Hispanics population grew because migrant farmers came here and ended up settling, and so you have the lower wage, lower tier income is predominantly Hispanic and there is no civil rights uh, push. They don't push like African Americans do. I'll use the example when I first moved here in 75. It's like the civil rights movement never happened in Muskegon, Grand Rapids, and Holland. I was that was my culture shock. Mm-hmm. And and so, over the years, uh, it takes determination. My wife and I started with another black couple, the first Martin Luther King celebration, and we demanded that it be at the white white churches. Mm-hmm. And they didn't they didn't say no. Then the college picked up on it. And uh Quanto so we just we just say we're going to have Kwanzaa, and then we that's one of the ways we help our young people to develop good self image by letting them participate and learn outside of the school system. We tried the school system, and that didn't work. So we, as a community, we did it ourselves.
1: Hmm.
3: Now, do you consider yourself a uh A representation of the black community uh, Or in a position of leadership uh, Influence Or you're just a normal
5: um, Citizen that's involved Well, what I did was apply All of my teachings From my life experience in Chicago Before 1975 I never gave up on what I believed in and now that i'm 64 years old with gray hair uh i'm baba front i'm considered the elder one of the elders in the community mm-hmm. and i give advice freely just like my father gave
3: mm-hmm. so but i do
5: I don't... you yeah so what? the
3: in in 19 uh 75 when you came there uh there was a a, a turnaround in the whole black power movement. The black power movement was about to slow down. Uh, right. Civil rights still had its little niche, but the, the the culture of black movement was starting to kind of settle down to a certain degree.
5: Oh, it um, has. It has.
3: So, so why would you um, – um, I guess the surrounding cities you said that there was no civil rights they never had no civil rights movement. Is that because of they did not have the grounds to to have a civil rights movement? There was no need or there was a an acceptance of the way things were.
5: I'm comparing it to what how politicized I was in Chicago. By the time I was 24 years old, we demanded mm-hmm. things. You mentioned we. my wife and I used to do GED tutoring uh, under the West Side organization on 16th Street in Kedzie. Mm-hmm. Okay. We went to UIC. We belonged to the Ashanti Federation, which was our Pan-African group. Uh, I can't go into other details about my background but uh, I'll mention this when I went to Carver until my the end of my sophomore year <clears throat> my teachers black and white had never told me what I could not do they made me believe in myself mm-hmm. and the people that helped me out Uh, in my career um, they made sure I achieved they made sure I graduated from UIC with a BS in chemistry they only asked me for one thing and that was to put it in plain English my father said do more for someone else than I've done for you but well, it you described you described in your your talk the breaking of young black men to not believe in themselves, and what I've done is work to make sure that the next generations believe in themselves and no. i'm not al- I'm not alone here. there's only a handful of us and we what we did was we volunteered to be on uh the ottawa county police relations board the holland city of holland police community relations board we got on to the ottawa county uh some mental health boards individuals with our spare time. Because
3: well, we knew that our kids uh, put... scenario. Yeah. Huh? Let, let me give you the scenario. Um, you know, there was this movie some time ago. Um I think I uh I forgot the guy that um played in it. I think he, he was called Benson. I forgot that he was a butler and Right. Uh okay. He was in this movie uh about these uh spaceships came from out of town uh I make mean, came from out of town. <laughs> spaceships came from out of space and they came right. and they landed on uh in the on earth and they stated that uh they wanted to uh they needed black people they're not here to destroy earth, but they needed black people and if they did not if the United States did not give up the black people and they would have to destroy uh, the United States. So uh, in that instance, so the United States said, well, let's go ahead and give these uh, these aliens these uh, black people so that we won't be destroyed. Would that be the scenario in South Holland? <laughs> would they look at that and they say, well, you 4%. Uh, The aliens would have to take you Or would they Take the position that uh, You here And you are us You are our people You are citizens of Highland, And if the Aliens want to take you They're going to have to go down with the fight Do you think that they would take that attitude?
5: I believe so Oh yeah? Yeah Okay because and and you truly understand politics,
1: <laughs>
5: because without saying a word, they this being such a conservative, right wing conservative area, they can't afford any embarrassment. Well, they would, did they
3: uh, when um, you know here probably some parts in Chicago when. Obama was elected president. Uh I don't work with um, a bunch of um
4: Caucasians,
3: but some that do expressed to me that when they went to work that day, they had a they they felt like eyes were stabbing them in the back because of Obama winning the presidency. Was that somewhat the attitude, especially that being a Republican city, or did they embrace it, or did they here to rub it off for a while or sleep over it, or did they come to the work uh, saying, oh, well, we got a new president, or did they come to work with an attitude because who the new president is?
5: I would say that they're still two years later in a state of shock.
3: Oh, they are. Okay. Well, look. I think uh, we have a caller on. If I can, let me. Um, uh, Sonia, do we have a caller on the on the line?
2: Yes, we do, Ron. And thank you for joining us, Mr. Smith. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. Okay. We're gonna go to area code five one zero. Five one zero. Let's see who's on the line.
4: San Diego,
2: are you there? Hello. Hello. San Diego? Got scared and ran away. She's in and out. That's Ann Lofton from San Diego. She's in a meeting, so she's going back oh. and forth. Ho- hopefully, right. she's in a, a commerce okay. meeting. Okay, Mr.
3: Smith, I think you were going to make a point before the caller uh, in and out. <laughs> well, I was, so the idea is, is that you all, I just want to reiterate, is that the um, uh, two points. Uh, the aliens, who were uh, the uh, the citizens of Holland, would tell those aliens, "You're not taking our black folks. That uh, uh, those are our people, and we're gonna go down with the fight." But at the same time, they're still in a culture shock because uh, Barack Obama is the president. Two years later.
5: Well, let me describe it a different way. Um, if um, if people get to know one another, regardless of what ethnicity or race, uh, they only will believe... When when we moved here, they were used to uh, passive African Americans with very little education. And when they began to see examples of African Americans with some education and a work ethic then opportunities opened up the irony of, of of Holland was that I was successful in corporate America because I made money for my company and I got an MBA raised my family and the, I had so when it was time for merit promotions I made sure I was in that number. Mhm. Well, if you look Not, at I,
3: Ben Harbor, Ben 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 Harbor, which is um uh you say 45 uh, minutes away from you?
5: Yeah, about well half an hour.
3: Okay. So does the issues there uh, Somewhat kind of uh, carry over to uh, Holland, uh, based on the, the the economic disparity and the yes. and the the frustrations. Does those kind of relate to the people of Holland, or is there a concern, or is there some type of connection? Being forty five miles or half an hour away from each other
5: well, the one economically, when Whirlpool basically shut down the majority of their manufacturing and moved it elsewhere in the country and eventually overseas, Benton Harbor went into a depression, not a recession, and mm-hmm. African Americans own so much uh property because Benton Harbor used to be resort a resort area for African-Americans from Chicago and Detroit. And mm-hmm. so, but the, as far as the working class base, when Whirlpool left and a, a couple other companies left Benton Harbor, they became part of the gray belt of rust and factories quicker than even Detroit did.
3: My understanding is whirlpool is still there,
5: but not in heavy manufacturing. Their corporate oh, okay. headquarters are there.
1: Oh, okay.
5: Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. And then all the right. all moved across the St. Joe River to and and built up St. Joseph.
1: Hmm.
5: And that's where mm-hmm. they live. All and. Right. Mr. Purdue, remember I mentioned the tale of two cities? If you look Correct. at St. Joseph, Michigan, is right across the river from Benton Harbor. And it's okay, Mr.
3: Smith, up. hold on one moment. I think uh, we have a caller okay. here on the line uh, from California.
2: Hello? Okay. Are what?
4: you there, caller? We're
2: going to try it one more time. 510, oh. you're on the air. Are you there?
4: Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Okay. how you line. doing, sir? I'm doing fine. Okay, What's your name and where you're from? My name is Reverend Cotton. I'm from Richmond, California. Okay. How are you, sir? Well, I'm doing pretty good. All Could right. be better, now. but I don't have any problems. Okay, good. Could be better. Why can't you be better? Well, because of this question I'm going to ask you. All and right. Question, shoot it out. <laughs> and the question is what? The, how is a Black Wall Street going to address these um business practices that our banks are having towards everybody in the community pertaining to foreclosures well
3: um I'm not for sure about Richmond, California, but here in Chicago, we just had a meeting this uh past Monday. Regarding Uh that, we are instituting, uh, there is a federal law uh, for the Community Reinvestment Act, but here in Chicago, we are focusing on a Community Reinvestment Act that is right here uh, locally. And in addition to that, we are having a meeting this Saturday to address and to make the developers Line up with the community to go directly to the financial institutions to make them live up to the Community Reinvestment Act to uh, occupy uh, a particular community such as Inglewood in Chicago where there's an average of four houses that are vacant per block. And so we are moving in that direction not only – Will to address the vacant properties, but to avoid any other houses to be vacant, taking advantage of this Community Investment Act and also taking advantage of the stimulus money that some of these uh, uh, financial institutions have had. And in addition to that, we have moved this past Monday as well uh, to have elected officials to address these financial institutions that are starting to shift their uh, their fees uh, and increase their fees uh, to make up for some of their losses regarding the banking industry. So there is some work on the financial institutions that's happening here in Chicago in which Black Wall Street is not necessarily the leader, in these actions, but we're part of the coalition of other groups that's addressing these financial institutions to uh avoid with a moratorium on foreclosures and to address the vacant properties and also to make banking uh more accessible to low income people well could i uh,
4: ask one more question, sure. Because I appreciate your answer, and that's locally in Chicago. However, correct mm-hmm. this, these practices that they do are epidemic across the country. And one of the ways I see that we can take care of this, if we had our own banking institutions,
3: Well, there is, as we talked uh, earlier in the show, the question is, what has black America achieved in 2010, and what is our direction for the year 2011? Uh, And I don't know if you – I did make some comments earlier to the point that there is a lot of progress that uh, blacks are achieving but even as we look at what happened to the financial, uh, uh, the, the financial institutions, um, it has compounded the effect not only to the point of having money more accessible in our community, but it has uh, did a domino effect to create other problems such as. Uh, businesses uh, closing down, businesses not being properly uh, equipped to provide the type of uh, goods and services that we have. And it also caused uh, the, the vacancy of property where insurance companies are increasing rates due to uh, vacant properties. So, but at the same time, we but are can our own black do?
4: institutions help alleviate Pardon? that. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. Our that again? Own black institutions help alleviate that if we had some.
1: Well, the
3: the I'm you know, our earlier program, I mean earlier in the show, we talked about the criminal justice system and we talked about that in a way that it is a structural type of uh, uh, system that has economic uh, uh, conditions attached to it, and so even though I have many problems with uh, financial for some of our black organizations and institutions, some people have even problems with Black Wall Street because, see, we ha- we carry a name that really is a name that white people created
1: because they came okay,
3: from now, the Oklahoma. And they right, indicated now, that because they said you black folks got a black Wall Street. That wasn't our agenda. So many people would even look at black Wall Street to be many things just because of the association of our name. And then with that in mind, they would expect black Wall Street to do more Because of the concept of its name, when we are no more than, you know, it's the old saying is that neither you're going to organize for a revolution or you're going to organize or try to, to, you're going to organize for a revolution in order to avoid a riot. Okay, but now,
4: if we had more options... Financially, uh-huh. then we would be better off. In 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 other words, and this is just a, an analogy, if you will, okay. In, in in other words, if I want a piece of hog head cheese, I would rather go somewhere where I know they could make it because they look like me, instead of going somewhere where someone has told them this is how you should be doing it, because. I'm dancing to somebody else's tune, and I don't have any options. And all I'm saying is that if there's a product out there, let me have some options. We as the people in America don't have no options, especially black folks. Mm -hmm.
3: Well, we have options to be able to create options. And I believe that we are in a position to be able to create options. Uh, you know, I listened to Barack Obama uh, when he gave his uh, uh, address to the nation, or uh, the State of the Union, and I listened to him, and I listened to him in a way that I'm trying to dig out of him saying things in between the lines is how it relates to black folks, knowing that, he cannot come out, or he would not come out and say specifically about the racial As a matter of fact, the closest he said anything that have any racial uh barriers is when he indicated something about America. everything can be done. I am an example of anything can happen, and then he backed up that statement by. Giving acknowledgement to the vice president of being coming from some humble beginnings when he was a child. In the same way with the speaker of the house, he acknowledged him. So he compared himself with the vice president and the speaker of the house that both have humble, low income uh, background and with himself being a black man that anything is possible so we can look at the fact that with Barack Obama yes anything is possible we can achieve yes we do have issues that are not clear and we have issues that we don't always know the source that there is an enemy that is blocking us as we talked about the criminal justice system uh, but those things are compounded, as we talked earlier today, that uh, the issues in Chicago are the issues in Detroit, are the issues in Oakland, San Diego, uh, Richmond, Atlanta. Yeah, right. So they're all there. But we still can make those things happen. And I have to say that I am very proud to be a part of Black Wall Street because it is a measurement to the point that in the last three years, no one talked about a Black Wall Street district or a black business area in Chicago. So we started from one, and now we're up to 14 in the Chicago area. We got a lot of work to do, but did nobody think that that will have such an impact to identify a targeted growth for our selected communities. So those things are possible. I can say that being a kid, I felt that when I grew up, I would be better off because all the old white racist people are going to be dead. But they did teach (laughs) some of their youth, to be like them. So we still have those obstacles. Uh and if we take uh Harlem, uh, Michigan, if I can, Mr. Smith, that as you stated that and you are not a statistical threat to the population of Harlem, that you are able to move forward and you're able to be more acceptable because they're not threatened
4: compared to the Hispanics. And okay, bro. Appreciate it. I got. I got to get off this phone. Okay. You answered my. Thank you you call my call question. In. And I really okay. appreciate it. I'm. I, I am too. Also proud of Black Wall Street, and I'm. And I'm proud of Brother Michael Carter. Also Correct. So Just, just, just keep the good work up. But like that example I gave you. The yeah. person that's making the whole <laughs> I like hot balls. Don't I mean, cheese. I
3: just say I like hot balls too. But you said uh, what you say? I said what,
4: that. Cottage cheese,
3: what was
4: that? The, test, the, the, what'd you say? I said hog head cheese, and the people right yeah, now. Yeah, right man. Is, I
3: I I love it. You know, and matter the people to see me, my hog
4: head cheese. The people are see yeah, do my they have hot ball cheese, right cheese right in
3: Harlem, uh, uh, Holland, Michigan, Mr. Smith? No, I'm
4: in Richmond. I'm in Richmond, California. Name is Cotton.
3: Yeah, I know. Uh, okay, oh, Mr. Cotton. Okay, got gotcha. you. But in um, in uh, Holland, uh, Michigan, do they have hog mong cheese?
4: No, but we I don't have, know. I'm in Richmond, California.
3: No, I know, but I'm asking Mr. Uh, uh, Snuff in, uh, uh, Holland, in, in Holland, Michigan.
5: Well, the irony is that the Dutch have eat hog head cheese. They do? I got to go, brothers. Take care. God bless. Okay,
3: then you take it easy.
5: All well, right. Uh, the brother was saying though I I want to make a comment that uh uh-huh. in the in the 70s there was a serious attempt with the fr- slogan buy black and when the right. major corporations saw 75th street development Chatham and the success of uh black businesses they systematically planned how do we get it, break the uh, informal uh, banking system that existed legally in Chicago, which meant that if you owned a small black business, people patronize you even if they paid a dollar more for something. Mm-hmm. And, and through advertising and uh, buying up, Property, um, and through diseducation, I use the word diseducation. Whenever someone is a child is told what they cannot do by people in authority, unless someone else speaks up and says, "Yes, you can do. Th- I know you can do this," then that mm-hmm. child will grow up believing what they being convinced. What they can't do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've, actually done, I've actually done halfway house work, ex-offender work. My wife and I sponsored a black cultural awareness program at a prison here with the uh, eighteen to thirty group. Most of them from Detroit and Flint.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And one thing I took away from that, since you're a journalist. One day the brothers said to me, they didn't want us to relate to them. They wanted, they needed us to be an example so they would believe that a brother could be honest.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that is pretty profound there there as well.
5: Huh? I'm sorry to hear you. So in business, the same thing with business, by example is how young people learn. Mm-hmm. And even though we have small numbers, when I started making a list of small businesses in Holland, I'm up to ten. No big corp companies or anything, but just individual people who have started small businesses with their own money. And since you can't get loans at banks, people save. And uh do it the old fashioned way. Uh-huh. You, so uh, when you
3: say you're up to ten, where are you referring to? Uh to the the, the whole 10. city or you're gearing toward blacks? What are your
5: ten black owned businesses?
3: Okay. And
5: uh okay. demographic and so of... hmm
3: and What's... their okay. patronage are of all nationality. Is that the point?
5: Yes. For survival, but the but the their base are the four thousand.
3: Oh, that, that, okay. Now, is uh, is Holland segregated?
5: Oh no, we so so the uh, is is a, is, in, is blacks in, in certain sectors of the city. Only in apartment complexes do you see a, any concentration. But it's all mixed. It's Hispanics, blacks, Asians. Um, we we even have a little miniature Asian strip mall a mile from my house.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So is that a a a a cultural? Um, I'd say a cultural mm, proudness? For example, um, when I used to go to different cities, one thing that I used to look forward to: let's go to Chinatown and right. Chinatown used to be just a a a a cultural identity for the city not just for uh uh Asian people but it was just a, a cultural identity you know you go to where it's San Francisco or San Diego or, uh New York you know the, the Chinatown was more of a given uh because it had it created a cultural awareness. Now, would that same identity be accepted? Because you have a strip in in Holland that is of Asian descent, and people embrace that because it gives a a sense of a uh, uh, of, of parity of acceptance. With that same Strip, if there was a strip that was called, well, let's say Black Wall Street or African Town, would that be embraced the same way as Chinatown is being embraced? And I would take it that there may be less than 4% of Asian people in Holland. It's,
5: yeah, it's less than 4 but here's the key. Uh, if you are proud of your culture... And you show it; it's an advantage here. The hmm. Dutch. Are so the when you, of you say proud of your uh, culture,
3: is that the difference between uh, the city of Holland is embracing Martin Luther King's birthday, uh, but opposed to the concept of
5: stretching it
3: to embrace? Uh, Malcolm X's birthday
5: That's true But just like uh, People here Don't embrace Ho Chi Minh Or Mao Zedong
3: Well that's all over the Doggo United States so.
5: <laughs> We're like A microcosm Minus the um, Overt Racism It's all covert Uh, okay. And I, think, I think that during the civil rights movement, we asked for equality without understanding how European Americans treat each other. Mm-hmm. So if you're if one Dutch person mistreats another Dutch person, what do you think he's going to do to you? Mm-hmm. And you're not Dutch. Mm-hmm.
3: And that was the Is base- there a form of um uh, racial integration uh of racial marriages, integ- uh, integrated marriages there? Is, there? Is there what? An acceptance? Yeah, uh, interracial marriages. Does that exist?
5: There actually, as- actually if you counted interracial marriages here, the the uh, mixed race children uh outnumber now the African American children. Because African-American is a cultural issue. It's not a racial issue.
3: Okay. Mm -hmm.
5: You say you're African-American, that means that's a culture. And the Dutch Mm -hmm. people here understand that because they say they're Dutch.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
3: And they have well, their- I, I can personally um, accept that very well uh, based on it being it's almost like the, the strip that's uh, this Chinatown is not necessarily accepted as a racial strip, but more like a culture strip
4: exactly.
5: that
3: happens to be Asian.
5: Right. hmm Okay, and they here so,
3: they, um,
2: they but, celebrate, if
3: there was uh, a strip that was called Black Wall Street. How do you think that that will take?
5: it would be really interesting to see it's all in the marketing how you mm-hmm. how you would present that.
3: Well, with that in mind, you have uh, traveled to Africa um, uh, a few times or?
5: Or oh, more than a few times. Okay. Uh, we, uh, we've spent, oh, my wife has been more than 30 times. I've been more than 20.
3: Oh, wow. What are you all doing? Uh, have a, a vacation spot there that you all go sit on the beach? Or what? What's the purpose of? Why are you going?
5: we go there uh what we do is we do education advocacy for students seeking higher education here in the US we identify the students help them with their applications for for to come to university get their visas
3: are you talking okay. about uh students from Africa or students yeah. here in uh, to to go to Africa or wh-
5: it's easier for us speaking? to bring a student from Africa than from Harper High School. Mhm. Because okay. the students from Africa are gonna have exceptional education.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, also, now, also this community. Is this? how is this supported? I mean, is this part of your, uh, how is this financed? Is this something you all taking out of your own income to make these trips, or is it is it a funded program?
5: It's not a funded program. We don't ask. I don't, we take not a dime. When there's a will, there's a way. Like mm-hmm. the brother was asking about uh, black-owned banks. That takes will. That takes determination. And there's one thing I learned in South Africa before the elections there was all the political parties, African parties, had one phrase, so we can uh, get free and fair elections, we will agree to disagree, but we're going to keep the common goal of we want to take over our own country, mm-hmm. and I've tried to bring that lesson back here, and and folks just stare at me. Mm-hmm. There, there well, they family. stare at you,
3: but um, is there a need to focus that way based on the? Uh, there is no real, as you, know, you say, racism is um, kind of coverted, uh, and it's not blatant. Uh, Is there a need To focus that way I have found An African centric
5: My wife and I have found That uh, Being African centred Is an asset Because we're proud Of who we are And even in my corporate career uh, It never hurt me Sponsoring the events and, and doing the travel that I did because in corporate America, they're more concerned about image of their employees than they are about what color their skin is. And so mm-hmm. all of the events that we organized years ago uh, were pluses on my job. And I found that being strong in my heritage, I was respected by people who were strong in their heritage. Mm
3: -hmm. How many uh, students have you uh, brought over uh, to uh, America?
5: From South Africa, Hope College has had over 30 South African students, black South African students, over the last 25
3: years. Okay, so upon you bringing them here, you're bringing them uh, uh, to uh, Holland in order to uh, for an education. Right. Is that correct?
1: And so they get. Who
3: is paying for the education? The school. Oh, okay. So.
5: They qualify. Uh, that's right. I recruited. Did the school was paying for it? I recruited five students from Harper High School. Years ago, Some years ago, in Chicago, and they were five out of the top 12 students at Harper. Four of them graduated from Hope College. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You understand? And they all got scholarships from the college because they had the grade point average. And they were Harper High School's best students, some of the best students. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Now, um, getting it, Now, this is uh, high school or these are universities now.
5: Oak College is a, a four-year private school.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay.
4: Private so
3: college. After their uh, education and they achieve their degree, then they are going back.
5: They go home. Is that the only question? one South African student has stayed here in the u s
3: mm-hmm. now uh I guess this is one of the first time in a long time I listened to the uh the uh the state of the Union address, and I listened very good to uh, the president and he made a statement that uh many people come from uh foreign countries uh get the education. From the United States, and they leave. And he was addressing the immigration issue, and I really didn't get a clear understanding totally what he meant. But he he started to say that people from foreign countries come here, get their education, but they take that education back to their countries to compete with the United States. Now he did not indicate Actually what goes on which country he was referring to but he ended up saying we're going to do something about this integration and he was also leading to the point that maybe what we should do is that when foreigners come to get their education from the United States we need to keep them here and not take it back to their countries to compete with us, but to help build the United States. How do you, you know, and that's just uh, that's what I got from what he said. Does well, that it, apply to what you're doing, or does it or does not?
5: Yeah, yeah. Because whole college has been bringing students from Japan since the 1880s, and they go back home. China Chinese students come here, get an education, go back home.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And, and build their own nations, right? So and should we the the South Africans
3: that you uh, have brought here to the United States to get an education? Should we stop them before they leave and make them um, uh, perform a their education um, benefits to the United States or? is it our duty to help them go and use that education to build their own countries
5: well i would say i would say that the university system and college system in the united states has always been doing that right and mm-hmm. because of racism european americans never believe That China would be who they are today. They never, economically, they never believed Japan would be competing. They never believed that that India would become the fifth largest economy in the world. They never believed it. They saw themselves as always being in control. Mm -hmm. And most of the, it's the same thing when, uh, African-Americans got educations in the South. There was a purpose to do that, and that was so you could succeed and each generation do better than the previous generation. Mm -hmm. And that's very African, that I provide more for my children as an obligation. It's not a choice.
3: Well, you know what's going to happen is um when we had our in in our closing uh when we had the uh Ben Harbor uh Ben Harbor uh, on our program uh a few weeks ago to about 3 weeks ago we indicated that we're going to um organize a delegation to go there to uh bring a consciousness that uh, the uh, the reverend there indicated that is, matter of fact, he's from Chicago as well, and went to uh, Ben Harper to relocate it, and that he felt as though that as he preached what needs to be happening, that the people there are needed more of outsiders to do so, but when we come there uh we hope that we can uh stop off in uh Holland and you know s- give a little shout out to you or you I can arrange up in uh pardon
5: i can arrange that
3: well we want, we are looking at uh doing that sometime in march you know we kind of knocked it around we haven't got no real details but we definitely want to uh come to uh ben Harper uh to uh, Lend some type of uh, Support and awareness As it relates to Our Black Wall Street agenda So as we get ready to uh, Close out our program I definitely enjoyed, It It's almost like you took Me to a, another country As you were describing what was Going there in South Holland And almost A, a, a racial a, a, a Awareness to a great extent Uh How can you, uh, you know, in your closing remarks, give us an overview of uh, Holland as it relates to uh, Ben uh, Harbor and uh, also as it relates to our work with Black Wall Street?
5: Well, I would ask that uh, you keep in the forefront of your mind to present to Young people, uh, a list of black-owned businesses in Chicago, and a brief profile of the business owners. And if you do it where they can just point and click on the internet, mm-hmm. that would be of great benefit uh, mm-hmm. to the the reverend. And also to the community, the entire Michigan okay. uh, state program for uh, retraining people was stuck was an idea uh, that started in Benton Harbor uh, by another minister. Okay. And then the state just co-opted it. Well, look, we, guys, we do had to close out.
3: We you know we got a chat. Uh, are you able to look into our chat? Um, are you on the computer as you are on with us? Yes. Okay. Well, I think you know people are um, sending messages wanting to have your contact information. Uh, do you want to put it in our chat room, or you want to kind of give it on the air? What What would be convenient for you that people do want to get in contact with you?
5: Okay. Um, uh, I'll put it in your chat room because my email is really long hmm Okay. Oh.
3: Um, and, uh, okay. Well, we need to make that contact with you uh, so that when we make that trip uh, to uh, Michigan, you know, we got to make sure that we hook up and make those things happen. So we got um a few minutes here, and thank you for being on. And, uh, Sonia, I think I gave you a few minutes to say you're closing us out.
2: Well, thank you so much, Mr. Carter. You listen to Black Wall Street USA with Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street, publisher of the South Street Journal, and candidate for alderman of the 17th Ward. We hope that you go over and give him your support. And Will Locke lives in the 17th Ward, his grandmother does. So he should know a lot of people. We want to see you over here, Will Locke, and give your support to this campaign. I'm Sonia Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network and author of Black America asking ourselves the tough questions. And in the few minutes that Mr. Carter has given me, I want to invite you to come over next Friday. That is the 4th, next tomorrow, the 4th of February. Let's meet on 35th Street for a networking event. Uh, we're going to have some nice uh, derb trays, sparkling wine, some little drum beat, and maybe a presentation or two. Uh, I want to remind you that Black Wall Street is on the air every Thursday evening. For additional information, call us at 312-624-8351, 312-624-8351. We're here every Thursday, 7 to 9 p.m. Don't miss the Consumer Story on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. with Attorney and CPA Derek McNeil. Thank you, Always Learning, in the chat room. Thank you, Willock. We appreciate you for stopping by this evening. Uh, we thank you out there in San Diego for giving us a call and your support. Ron will be back next week. And as we sign off, we've got new people coming in the chat room. Please leave your information in the chat room, Mr. Holland. We do appreciate you. Everyone, you have a good evening and good night, Ron Carter.
3: Good night, Sonia. Um, uh, Give us your information, Mr. Smith.
5: Okay. My name is spelled F-R-O-N-S-E, pronounced Franz. Last name Smith, S-M-I-T-H. I Uh, I have a LinkedIn.com slash I-N slash Franz Pelabon Smith.
4: Thank
2: and you, also, Mr. Smith. We appreciate you.
5: Okay, well, I'm you. pretty sure, Sonia, you're going to put that
3: on your on the uh, Chicago's Black uh, Business Network uh, site.
2: Oh, I'm fixing that page now. Absolutely. He's a member. He joined uh, yesterday, so we appreciate that. Thank you so much, mm-hmm. everyone, and have a great evening. Okay, good night, okay.
1: all.
2: You too. And good night.
5: I'll